the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. Speaking of winning combinations, yeah, we got one and two in one with Rich Jekyll. Well, hello, Christopher <laughs> Young at heart. <laughs> uh, I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show, and of course, Rich is a volunteer at SCORE after spending a long, very successful career in the IT business, wasn't it? Yes, sir. It was technology. Yeah, yeah. We, we heard about your worldly exploits around worldly the, no less yeah down there in san juan and, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a very bad boy there uh, all right well we're pretty good boys here because we're here to tell you all about score and how it can help you it is of course uh, the free mentorship program for entrepreneurs or people considering to be business owners uh, themselves and the nice thing about it is it's so convenient. You can visit it a number of different ways. Actually, yeah. You know, and, and I've had some clients for five to six years already. And they've grown and they've grown and they've grown and they keep coming in and saying, okay, I want to expand. Should I expand here or what should we do? So it's an ongoing thing. Well, it's you know why they keep one shot. You know why they keep coming I'm back. I'm hear it right now, aren't I? <laughs> because they get results. <laughs> okay. All right. What SCORE does is provide you, as I said, free mentorship. And you can be just starting out, or as Rich said, you can have been in business for a long time. Yep. And you can choose, pick and choose your relationship with SCORE. They're there for you. And they offer you advice and good advice because they are people who have been scarred. Yeah, let's just say they've been down that road, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. And they've blazed the trail and got nicked and cut all along the way. Right. Pioneers get the arrows. Exactly. And what they're there is so you don't have to take those arrows, right? I mean, why relearn? Why rebuild the wheel? Go to somebody who knows how to build one and, and do it that way. Exactly. And that's what SCORE does. And as I said, it's easy because you can walk in, literally. They're located in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall, and the doors open from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday, and you are invited to just walk in and say hello, sort of get a feel of the place, and maybe make an appointment for one uh, uh, an actual sit-down session. Yeah, with, with a counselor. One, with a counselor. You can call them on the phone and make an appointment with a counselor at 407-420-4844. And they have a, what is it called, something on duty or... Oh, manager on duty. Yeah. M-O-D. The mod. The mod, the mod squad. so long since I actually called it that. Yeah, the mod it's squad. usually called the mod. Yeah, but they... The mod that, squad. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the SCORE volunteers. There's one there every day. And uh, they are there to take those phone calls and sort of direct you in the right direction. Yep. And, of course, you can visit them on the website at scoreorlando.org. Scoreorlando.org. And the neat thing about SCORE is they've always got something going on over there. I mean, it's not just a place where you walk in and get brochures and that's it. 
Uh, of course, they have the, the mentorship program, but they also have seminars and other activities. You know, they just had recently had the Biz Fest. Right. And they're already planning for one next year, an even bigger one. And they have, uh, you participate in, in events. So you, you actually go out and do speaking engagements yeah, around. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. Yep. All the time. Yeah. And, uh, of course... The most popular one is our breakfast series. I was going to say. And yeah, you were going to say that. Well, I was going to say. And you of were kind of thinking of Recently, that. they had started a breakfast series. Well, guess what? What's that? Our guest is one of the breakfast series attendees. Well, all right. So let's go Isn't ahead. Isn't that a coincidence? Indeed it is. Did you see? Uh, indeed. Indeed. So let's go ahead and introduce our guest today, who is Faith Ammon. Am I pronouncing your last Amon. name? Ammon. Ammon. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. And welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, we appreciate you being out there. Uh, so you went to a breakfast series. I did. It was very exciting. It was one of those things that had been on my list. It was on my to-do list for a little while now because I've been seeing the breakfast series pop up in my email. But never was it conducive to my schedule. And this morning it was. And so I woke up this morning. I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out. Okay. So you... Uh you got an email. Yes. That's how you found out about it. That's how it was communicated. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's back up for a minute. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. You know, these email. you can sign up to get emails on all the events and everything else, right? That's what you did. Yes. I signed up online on the SCORE website. Yeah. Do you want to know what's coming up? And you'll get an email. Okay, it's that easy. Score Isn't that Orlando. automated? Yep, scoreorlando.org. <laughs> we, sh- we don't mention that enough because I get those too. So, oh, okay. yeah, scoreorlando.org. You can sign up and they'll send you out, as, as Faith just said. Uh, yeah. You'll get the emails, the alerts. Yep, an update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you got the, uh, you got the alert. So, yeah. well, then how did you know to sign up to get the alerts? That's a very good question. I don't know. I've been on I've been on their email list for some time now, so I probably don't. somebody you networked with along the way. But it's I, I would take very it. possible. So I, I mean, I've known the Score Center for quite some time since long before they were at the Fashion Square Mall. I see. They used to be down near Lake Eola, right? And so, and I've been in business for more than ten years, and I I've known of the Score Center ever since I started my business. Okay. So they so I've. Feel like I'm. I've probably signed up for their mailing list more than once. Uh, yeah, well, you probably went to our website for something and mm-hmm. saw the sign up thing. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's Very okay. Possible. Let's Let, assume let's, that one. All right, let's do. All right, <laughs> we, we sort of started at the end of your story, so let's go back to oh. the beginning. All right, uh, are you from around here, Faith? I am. I was born in New York, but I've lived here in Orlando since I was three years old. Where okay. in New York? So you yeah. Long Island. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. <laughs> There you go, the <laughs> Islanders. Uh-huh. And uh, you came down here as a child. Your parents obviously moved yes. down here. And you grew up here. You went to school here, I take it. Yes. And uh, when you f- got out into the working world, did you immediately start in uh, a business of your own? Oh, gosh, no. You don't really want the whole story because we'll be here for Well, we want a, a little while. lead. We want a little <laughs> lead up. So let's just put it this way. So you went to work for somebody. I, I So I actually was one of those that avoided college altogether. Okay. And I did Whoa, some crazy things. Nice. Dinosaur. Everybody has to go to college these well, days. Well, I'm, I'm glad we, we, you know, hear this story because a lot of people think you have to go to yeah, college that's to be right. successful. Yes. But I know a lot of people who earn a lot more money than me who got zero college and yep. I got six years of it. Right. All right? So right. go ahead. Well, so it's funny because I was just at a friend's house and I was talking about her daughter who is now entering 
just about to graduate high school, and she's talking about taking a gap year, which apparently is a thing now. The kids yeah. are taking gap years, but they're organized, and there's programs, and it's yep. you like yep. you have to pay for it and things like that. But when I was graduating high school, there was no such thing, or at least I wasn't aware of it. Um, but I did know that I could go to Israel and I could work on a kibbutz and not have to have any money I see. and be able to feed and clothe myself for however long as I wanted. So I was able to convince my parents that that was a smart thing to do as opposed to going to college. Okay. And I went and I did that for a year. It happened to be during the Gulf War. So I got oh. additional craziness as part of my experience. Additional education. What do you think was the most important you, thing you came away with from that experience? Oh, gosh. You know, it's. I, I actually have a Toastmasters speech where I talk about this. <laughs> Was, I mean, was it's excerpt. Uh, yeah. So, well, so the biggest thing that happened to me while I was there is the fact that there was a war. And I was 18 where I had never said no to my parents pretty much my whole life. And they called. So the war, the war didn't start until like November, but around May, they were, it was obvious things were going to happen. And so my parents started calling and they said, remember, this is also before cell phones and there yeah, was not yeah. a lot less and a lot in more infrequent com- uh, communication. communication. Sure. So my parents called and they said, look, there's going to be a war. You get on a plane and you come home. Right. And at first I said, okay, because they were my parents and they were telling me, I, what I had to do, and so I was supposed to do it. And then I would hang up the phone, and I wouldn't do anything. And then the next oh, few days, <laughs> I was terrible what I put them through. So then the next few days, they would call again, sure, and we'd go through it again. And that happened three or four times oh, until it got to a point where I was like, you know, look. And I got so him on the phone. So you became your own woman there. I did. I got him on the phone, and I said, look, Mom and Dad, you know, I appreciate that you are so concerned about me. Mm-hmm. And I said... But, you know, I, I know how to make a, pl- a plane reservation. And when I feel scared, I'll do that. But right now, you know, I, I feel okay here. I have people here. I have friends. I have an adopted family on the kibbutz who are looking out for me. And I said, you know, if, if I come home now because you're telling me to, I will forever blame you for having ended this experience for me before I wanted okay, to. Okay, well, that's that so, awesome. That was a very valuable experience. It was. Then, it so. was incredible. Yeah. yeah. You're still a brat. I, wonder, I, wonder I am many, a brat. It's I wonder true. how many kids, though, go to college and come out still kids, right? She oh, goes man. to a kibbutz for a year and comes back a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad deal, if you ask me. Did you have to speak? Uh, Yiddish over there? Uh, Hebrew would be the Hebrew. language that they speak. Okay. And I actually took classes there. So I got pretty good at it by the end of the year. But you, there's plenty of people who speak English. It's an English speaking as well. Oh, okay. So you came back to the States. So then I came back and then I um, I did lots of different things for several years. So I started at Valencia. I took a couple of classes there. I went to, I did a goldsmithing apprenticeship. I uh, I went to Venezuela to learn Spanish. Um, so I did lots of things like that and just you, kind of you bounced around. You couldn't just go down the street to the bilingual education center. You had to go nope. to Venezuela. I had to go to Venezuela. Yeah. Right. What made you come home? From Venezuela? No. Oh, from, from Israel. Yeah, from the kibbutz. You know, it was a, it had been there a year. And like I said, it was kind of a difficult year. And difficult, not so much for me, but I think more so for my parents. <laughs> and I, yeah. I sort of felt guilty, so, you know, that they were, had suffered. So. And they... Uh, 
they also, you know, reminded me that everyone else was in college at this time. This is kind of the time when you're supposed to be in college. And so they kind of were poking a little bit to get me <laughs> okay. back yeah. interested right. in going to college. But you evidently never graduated. You never got a college degree. Oh, no, that's not true. In fact, I went so far as to get a master's degree. Oh, you did. So you ended <laughs> up going back to school. I and did. Got a, and what? So my undergraduate degree is in anthropology and sociology. Okay. It was the closest thing to traveling that I could find, so that's what I did. Sure. And then I worked for four years, and then I went back to school originally as a PhD-seeking anthropologist, and then I got a grant while I was in school that was based on some of my work experience, and I ended up changing to international communications. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. Anthropology. <laughs> Um, yeah, did you go on any digs? <laughs> that would be archaeology. Yeah, that's right. But same I thing. did not. No, I, not quite. Not quite. Okay. Anyway. Within the same realm. Yeah. All right. We're speaking with Faith Aman. And uh, she's going to stay with us, of course, for the, the whole show and tell us uh, about the breakfast series and a little bit more about uh, how she got to be a business owner herself. So uh, please stick around for that. And yeah, have faith. Have faith. <laughs> Very good there, Rich. Never heard of it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, anyway. Don't forget, do like Faith did and sign up for alerts and, uh, you know, uh, what, memos yeah, or news, whatever? I mean, news, news yeah. upcoming events, all kinds of things. Yeah, you'll get it uh, and you can sign up for those at scoreorlando.org. And don't forget, you can call SCORE if you'd like to make an appointment over there to call to uh, talk to a, a mentor. And they'll find out a little bit about you on the phone so they put you in with the right person. And their phone number is 407-420-4844. And, of course, they're located in the National Entrepreneur Center right there in the Fashion Square Mall. So it's real easy to find. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at SCORE Orlando. All right. We'll like be, us. We'll be right back. Again, and welcome back to What's the Score? Don't forget, this is the show designed to help you come up with. I, score is designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. Actually, all right, uh, we're talking today with Faith Aman, and who has lived a very fascinating life and, already. I mean, she's so young, uh, yeah. And and she uh, was just telling us how she eventually got to be a businesswoman. You you got a you got a, your master's degree. Actually, in foreign languages. No, actually, in international communications. Which, international communications, yeah. I'm sorry. What's the difference? Well, uh, foreign languages, I guess, would be foreign languages, but mine is more of um, in the public relations and advertising department. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would have business applications. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, how did you get started in your own business? Well, so when I finished my master's degree, which was I spent the time up in Gainesville at the University of Florida, and during the time I was there, I got a grant from Coca-Cola, which sent me to Honduras. How did you get this grant? So the grant was a it was a program. Did it have that, to do with anthrop- anthropology or anything? I actually, at the time, was still in the anthropology program, and I guess it was advertised to the anthropology students okay. because the grant funded students 
to go work for international NGOs all over the world and help well, well, them well, with their programs. Non-governmental agencies. Non-governmental or organ- organizations. organizations. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah NGOs. So this would be like generally, Red, Red Cross and other Generally similar. humanitarian organizations. Right. So anything from the Red Cross to Habitat for Humanity, the, the list goes yeah, on. There's yeah. many throughout the world. Right. And so what they did was they chose 18 students, graduate students, who um, they funded to go for five months to different countries all around the world and um, help them with whatever they needed, How whatever their did expertise. You do that? So I went for five months. Five months. Um, my, I was given the opportunity to work with Care International in Honduras, and it just so happened it was it was interesting because. So I skipped over that. I spent I spent four years working in between my undergraduate degree and my graduate degree, okay. right? right? And during that time, I worked for an engineering firm as a graphic designer. Okay. And I learned on the job. I'm completely self-taught. So I took that skill with me when I went to graduate school, and I, in fact, worked for the university as a graphic designer while they I was going to school. They were contracting you? They were contracting you as a, you, in other words, did what, at the university? Words, were you an employee or what? I they, was OPS, they call it. What um, does that mean? I forget what that means. Something, something, it's something, it's something that they, they abuse students. Okay. To. <laughs> Occupational something student. Probably. Exactly. But, but so you were, you were so more I, or less an employee though of the university. Correct. Okay. Yeah. But, but you were employing this skill that you had developed. I was as a graphic designer. So I worked for the oh. publications department. I did brochures and posters and things like that okay. well, for, uh, throughout whatever, okay. the whole time I was in graduate school. Okay. Um, so that skill kind of kept cropping back up. And when I filled out the application for this grant, I found out that they were kind of interested in my graphic design and in my um, my experience making publications. Come to find out when I went down to Honduras that CARE had just recently rebranded. So internationally, this is an organization that works in over 82 countries throughout the world, and they changed their logo. They changed their entire brand. Okay. And for anyone who's familiar with branding, that's a massive undertaking. If you can imagine just changing your logo, right. your logo as a small like, organization. Just, just tell briefly the, the audience, if you would, the, what CARE stood for. What's oh, I'm sorry. So CARE International at the time stood for, gosh, you're testing me if I can remember, um, it's something for relief everywhere. It's it's a, re, it's a relief effort. It's it is a humanitarian make, organization. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. there are other care organizations oh. out there. I don't want people to be confused. confused. Right. This no. is a relief organization. This is an international relief. It, it doesn't relief have any or, re, religious or political ties. That's correct. It's okay. a, it's an, a just wanted to get that out. There. Non-governmental, oh, non-political, okay. non-religious. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. So, but the main, the main thing is you're you're using these talents that you had developed. So well, so so people keep coming to you. For this particular service and the the grant you found, right? Well, so yeah, so the so the grant ended up. They actually had brought me down to Honduras to help them with the launch of the new logo, the new logo. in Honduras I because see. they hadn't launched it there. And the experience of helping a country office, they had about two hundred and eighty employees, helping them not only launch it to the country but to their own staff because they hadn't quite really taken the time to explain to the staff mm-hmm. that things were changing and the staff were terrified. Yeah, that it's hard to grab 
a hold of that uh, concept of change like that. Yes. Your identity disappears. Exactly. And this is an organization, because it is a nonprofit organization, they very much, like, they took the brand to heart. It was very much yeah. part of who yeah. they were. They, they weren't working there because they were making lots of money. They were working there because what they do help, helps affect people's lives. So you had to get them through all that turmoil. So I had to help guide them, like, why it was important that they change their Kicking brand. Kicking and screaming mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. a and, new and, brand. And why, like, some of the fascinating things that happened were, like, the, some of the employees would say to me in a meeting, they'd say, you know, I can't believe you're telling us that we have to spend hundreds of dollars to change our business cards and our letterhead. They were like, well, you know, we are an organization that saves people's lives and, and we're going to waste money in their eyes right. on, on changing these things. You right. know, and So you had to convince them that in the long run it was the, the smarter thing I to do. I had to explain to them that the, the consistency of their brand was of utmost importance in building trust. Well, see, I think this is important because there are a lot of organizations out there who are probably misbranded. They mm-hmm. need to be rebranded and sure. uh, need to understand that that may require, you know, some pain, some growing pain. Yes. And, uh, it's not just changing your letterhead and, and your logo or something. Right. That, that there's more to it than that. Absolutely. Why, uh, did you de- why did they decide to rebrand in the first place? Why do people or why do companies in general decide to rebrand? Well, companies in general, I'd say there's a multitude of reasons. There's multiple possibilities that could cause a company to find that they're in a position that they need to rebrand. In the case of CARE, it was um, they had done a, a large international survey. In fact, a, a big agency in New York had done the survey, and they determined that their their funding was going down. Their, their individual donations coming into the organization were going down. And, you know, CARE is a very well-known organization if, it, if for a certain generation, right? Because the CARE package, we've right. all, we all know the CARE package. Well, that mm-hmm. was developed. Right from care international because they they sent food packages to europe uh, so they needed to rebrand because that uh because they the generation change they they hadn't kept up they hadn't kept up with it so that was one of the reasons there were a multitude another one being that their brand had gotten so disjointed so in every country around the world they were using different colors or they were changing oh, okay. the way that the well, brand that, the logo was too, using. Because you want consistency in yeah. your brand. Exactly. It's not really a brand if it changes at all. A- I mean, yeah. exactly. you know, once again, it comes from the idea of branding a cow. And the brand was very simple, yeah. but it, it, it designated something very significant. In yeah. other words, who owned that cow? You know, and of course, that back then was was life. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is that you brand yourself, try to keep it simple, and but you have to be consistent with it. It's a huge part of it, absolutely. All right, so, so let's get to where you. How did you? So, so you got to. You started your own business after all so this. So needless to say, I came back and I changed my major and I went into international communications with a focus in branding. Okay. And I used that experience as my thesis, and um, I became sort of an expert in CARES brand in particular. And the, from there, I traveled all over the world. They sent me all over the place to help with the brand in other countries. Well, well, then when and why did you start your own business? I mean, it sounds like you were having a pretty magnificent so, life, right? Yeah. Well, right. Why, so, why tie yourself down to a business? Right. So then I, well, I came back. So what would happen is I would get a contract, but they were short contracts, two or three right. months in Africa or in Latin America. And I would come back and I'd be like, well, now what do I do? You know, so I had to figure out what I was going to do. And when I would apply to advertising agencies where it would be most suitable for my skills, they discovered that I've never worked in an advertising agency before. And so they 
figured I wasn't able to handle it. And they, I was they, overeducated they as far as they uh, were concerned as well. And so okay. they would have to pay me too much. And so, uh-huh. so I was never, as much as I would apply, as many people as I knew, I just wasn't getting the callbacks so for the advertising sort of out of necessity. I started working with just my own clients and uh, my name would get passed around. How long ago was this? This was about 12 years ago. So by word of mouth, you began to build your business. Yes. Mm-hmm. And obviously you were getting results for people. Otherwise, they wouldn't recommend you around, right? Yeah. I mean, because they wouldn't want to you know, hurt their brand or reputation by turning somebody on. But it so kind of out of necessity, but then it did still kind of crop out of people just kept coming back to you because you had been developing this talent. And and then you followed it up with education. So branding, uh, yes. that's so. So what did you call your business? What? How did you brand the old self? <laughs> So I came up with the name of Frecklefoot Creative. And this Frecklefoot okay. Creative. Frecklefoot right. Creative. Right. Oh, Stop Rich, right there. Does she have freckles on her feet? Let us go right now. How did you come up with Frecklefoot? So, to explain to us the process. Okay. Well, so what happened? What happens with with the concept of Frecklefoot Creative, I think, is something that I, I was trying to find some identification with branding itself, right? And so to me, the idea of really understanding and knowing your brand is the story and the that one little unique thing, that, that one dot that makes you special and u- unique and focusing on that, right? A so, freckled foot? So the freckle on your foot is that one spot or that freckle anywhere anyway is that one spot that makes you unique and and when you're searching to figure out what makes your company special you want to look at that one little unique spot so, so that's so kind you, of where the freckle so, fits in so your brand should come from your uniqueness is that what you're saying yeah well a, a good part of it it also um lends itself to good storytelling so for me Frecklefoot is not just a name of a company, but it is, in fact, a name of a little boy that I nicknamed Frecklefoot when he was two years old. It was a little boy I used to babysit. Uh-huh. And I noticed he had freckles on the uh, one freckle in particular on the bottom of his foot, right exactly where it is on my logo. I see. And I, I called him Frecklefoot, and he looked at me with those little, adorable, wonderment eyes of a little kid. Sure. And he was like, what? And I, and I said... Kind of like said, what we're looking at you like. <laughs> I said, Jeremy, you are a Frecklefoot. And he just giggled the cutest, most adorable little giggle and, and wouldn't stop. And for weeks later, his mom and I would be talking on the phone and he would be cro- like clamoring for the phone and he would get on the phone and he would go, Frecklefoot! And he just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So, so you're, you're trying to get a response. When I needed a name for my company, I thought, you know, I could name it something serious and my initials or whatever, right. but why don't I just name it something that makes me smile? And every time I think of calling him Frecklefoot and I hear his little giggle in my head, <laughs> it, it just makes me smile. I think it's wise because it has a tendency to draw questions. That's exactly and, right. And uh, move people deeper into your business uh, yeah, and what you do. Yeah, I want to go there when we come back from the break, though. Oh, okay. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out more about Frecklefoot Creative and why that is a good brand. And so please stay with us. And once again, you're listening to What's the Score? And you can find out more about uh, the seminars and everything uh, that SCORE offers by going to scoreorlando.org. 
And don't forget, please like us on Facebook. Yeah, like us. There you go. (laughs) And we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Welcome back to What's the Score? Christopher Hart here along with Rich Jekyll. And today in the studio we have Faith Amon. And she is the creator and owner-operator of Frecklefoot Creative. And her website is frecklefootcreative.com. And you just spell all that out the way it's supposed (laughs) to be spelled, frecklefootcreative.com. And you were just telling us how you came up with that name, but that uh, one of the purposes of the name was to remind you of a happy moment and mm-hmm. but the other purpose another purpose i should say is that it elicits people's curiosity i take it it does it does everywhere i go it's it's really funny even i don't even have to go anywhere some vendors when i talk on the phone with vendors they're like oh i remember you they always remember the name well it is sure. memorable and, and often they'll say now you got to tell me where did you get that name or where does that name come from does any of them actually want to see your feet <laughs> Shockingly, sometimes I get asked. That's what I said a while ago, right? You know, I did play it for a little while. We played with the idea that online we could make a contest and have people, and then we thought, no, maybe not. That's maybe, not. maybe not. No, that's, uh, believe me, from being in radio, I know there's some things you just don't ask, right? You don't want to know. But uh, I'd rather leave it a mystery. <laughs> yeah. well, is, is, should it be the purpose of a brand, though, to elicit that creativity? Or, excuse me, curiosity? Oh, I definitely think so. If you think about any networking event that you go to and the, the handshaking and the card passing out that gets done there, if you have a name that somehow elicits a question, then you're golden. You're then the conversation yep. unfolds on its own. I can't tell you how many times where I'll be leaving an interaction with someone. So it, however brief it may have been, and we'll say, "Well, thank you very much." And then they say, "Do you have a card?" And I say, "Well, sure." And then I pull out my cards, and then they're like, "Wait a minute!" And then they want to talk more. So they were they were out the door. Sure, but yeah. now they're back, and and we right. stay for another ten minutes just talking. Right, you know. I- want to brag for a minute here on, on myself because uh when larry adams and i decided to do a radio show we mm-hmm. we named it the american adversaries okay. and, and it's a talk show so people would say well why don't you just call it the chris hart or the hart adams show or something like that which you know is, is typical for radio talk shows right sure and but no we wanted it to be unique uh-huh. and we wanted people to wonder well, what does that mean yeah and because that then Begins the process of the communication, you see. Right. And not knowing that that's what you're supposed to do. Right. <laughs> we did it that way. Exactly. So it's, it's nice. We vindicated. Yeah. Sure. And it worked. <laughs> well, and you know, they, they say when it comes to communications and networking that, you know, people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And they're not going to get to know you if you don't open that conversation somehow. Speaking so of uniqueness. So it's an icebreaker in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uniqueness. Your business cards. Yeah, tell us about They're these. weird, man. <laughs> and, 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 and Rich, was when he said cards, plural, he meant it. Yes. So, They're different. So what I've created is a bunch of little cards, and it's actually by a print company called Moo, and they're it's online. It's about the size of a piece of gum. 
They are. Right? Yeah, they're the little. Old Wrigley's gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They're little yeah, more cards. Or less. Yeah. And they're unique because they are each printed with a different design. So every card is is different. And they well, they're different. On, they're, they're the same on one side where you have your information. That's true. My, but the the artwork on the flip side is different. Correct. So but the artwork that's featured are all they're different. The, they're the same and yet different. They're all different oh variations God. of art of my logo. <laughs> of her logo, which is Correct. the foot with the A freckle, the freckle on, always, which is basically on the heel of the foot. Mm-hmm. It's always the, oh Im- the impression of the left foot, and it's always there's always a freckle on the heel. And so what I've done, it happens that, I, as I mentioned, I've lived in Orlando for a long time, and I have a lot of very artistic friends. And so um, a, a woman who worked with me for quite some time, her name is Nikki, she suggested that we come up with a calendar at the end of the year to give out to oh, my clients as a as a thank you gift for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for the year and we thought well wouldn't it be interesting if we had a different foot every month and so that's where it started and so we started soliciting my my friends and all of the artist people that I know here in town to come up with some kind of a creative so interpretation. They, they did a different kind of foot every time. So I have had everything you can imagine. Really? I have I'm currently so we've been doing the calendar now for this will be the eighth year. Wow. So I have well over sixty feet designed by oh different my artists. Lord. Mm-hmm. You're, gonna do, you're gonna keep doing this? Yeah, I think so. At least at least for a little while longer. Well, well it's working. I in fact I did a an well, art show at Dandelion Cafe where we had uh, a thousand feet of art. So we actually measured out a thousand feet in the restaurant and we hung banners of all of the different uh, art. A foot per foot? Mm-hmm. A foot per foot. How do you like that? Now, what about the rights of you using these artists' work on your business so cards? Every Good single point. one of them, a lot of them are designed by me, but um, every single one of them has been gifted to me by one of all of my artist friends. Do you have I uh, do like not, a form or something? I yeah. actually did not. Um, I have not yet uh, like merchandised anything with regards so to this. So this is just so, for your cards? Purpose. Yes, my cards and the calendar. And the calendar right. is gifted. Calendar. So okay. if there ever comes a time where I'm making money from these these pieces, you would, you would have I would, to go back and I would go that. back and I would work with each of the artists and I would right. give them you can give pull a them a royalty or something. Exactly. If they request it, you can pull them at any time. Sure. And just not use them anymore. Sure. But they're all, I mean, everyone kind of enjoys the, the challenge of creating a piece of art that yeah. is, yeah. you know. And most artists want the their work out there. You know, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, exactly. And in the and calendar. They're, they're, they're very cute. I mean, thank it, you. Yeah, in the calendar, I give each each artist's name is on the back of the page with their with their image on Beautiful. it, so they are identified in the materials that they use. All right, so so you've been doing this how long now uh, that you've had Frecklefoot Create Creative? I've been in business for twelve years. Twelve years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. Yeah, still here. And is, is it mostly still though by word of mouth that you're getting new clients? It is. Yes, I would say probably ninety percent of it is from. Word From of mouth. word of mouth. And, mm-hmm. and I take it networking. that involves you networking. Yeah. Yes. But as you can probably tell, I'm not particularly shy. And I really? get out there quite He's a bit. I'm surprised, <laughs> aren't you? Rich? Yeah, man. <laughs> Jeff's in there with his, trying to get his jaw off the floor. He, <laughs> he was, <laughs> so I, I get out there a lot. I do a lot of things that are... Um, just interests of mine, for example, Toastmasters, um, Creative Mornings. There's a lot of events that happen in town that offer great networking that is not 
networking per se. It's mm-hmm. more about meeting people in the community and finding ways that... Do you, you have to be a member of these organizations to, like you mentioned, Toastmasters? Well, Toastmasters, yes. yes. You can visit uh, various clubs without joining, but eventually they're going to ask you to join. They want you to join, right. correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, but there are a ton of other opportunities throughout the, I mean, this is a really active community, particularly in arts and creative things. And even in small business, I mean, score center is one of the, the most underutilized. I believe there's so many activities there that offer you great opportunity right for, yes. for networking that people don't even know about the, the, the yep. most recent morning, um, breakfast series that I went to, there was probably 45 people, maybe more in the room. And it was a great opportunity to meet other small businesses, business owners and people that you can, yeah, you know. Maybe maybe you can rebrand score for them over there. Just leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> what was the breakfast seminar that you went to see this yeah, well, morning? Well, now, now, wait a minute. Wait, why did you go? It, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. Did, did you see this as another networking opportunity? Well, always. So for me, everything is a networking opportunity. Okay, there's important. there's never that's... a time that I'm not networking, really. And but I think that is the the word networking sometimes takes on a connotation of like some kind of cheesy businessman in meeting, a suit, and meeting a meeting at a restaurant or something like or, that, or something where you're trying to get something from someone else. Right. Yep. And in my mind, that's not networking at all. It ne- used to be. It, it may have used been. to be in the old days. Yeah. yeah, but to me, networking starts by making friends, and then after that, I'm looking for what I can give to someone else before I can get anything. So I'm really looking. I'm looking to develop relationships because that's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Now you help people brand themselves or rebrand themselves. Mm-hmm. What else do you do at Frecklefoot? Uh, so we do a lot of graphic design. So everything from brochures to billboards is usually what I say. A lot of print-heavy uh, materials. So brochures, ads, all kinds of printed materials. People come to you and say, I want a brochure that says X, Y, and Z, and and you basically do it from scratch? Yes, very often. Artwork and everything? Yes, yes, very often. Um, Often what happens is people come to me and they say, I need a brochure, but they've only ever known a trifold brochure, and so they think that's what they need. And so if I have the opportunity, I will talk to them and try to help figure out if, in fact, a brochure is the best fit for what they need. Well, what, because, why, why wouldn't it be? Well, because it depends on what audience they're trying to reach. It depends on what statement you want to make. As well. Well, what would be the difference between, say, a, a brochure and, and a single-page document type thing? Well, if you're trying to reach an international audience what are you going to do with a brochure i see okay you know or if you're trying it depends on where your audience is what your audience what what if you're trying to reach an elderly community that really can't see so well anymore they can't read (laughs) so someone needs to know what their market is before they come to right put together the information that they want to reach that market with so you put a foot on it no that's how to reach them and get it. their so, attention. Okay. But, but, but in essence, you will work with the business to determine what is the best way to reach that market. Like right. with millennials, it wouldn't be a brochure. It would be an app or something like that, right? That's sure. Something along something those on lines. something on their smart device. So I often say to people, you know, maybe a trifold brochure isn't what you need. Maybe it's a radio ad. You know, maybe it's something that's not in your... You you recognize it because you hear it, but you didn't consider it because yeah. you always 
You always made brochures. Well, she's singing my my song now, buddy. (laughs) She took your (laughs) statement. Oh, boy. Because, you know, a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people think that uh, radio is old, blasé. Yeah, a bunch of old men like us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) That that its time has come and gone, and and we try to emphasize that that is not true. That Mm -hmm. that there are, are, believe me, there's a lot of people out there including yourselves, folks, who listen to the radio. Absolutely. And it's still a great way to get your message out. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, you, what, you took his commercial for oh. later, for God's oh, sake. Sorry. Now he's oh, sorry. Jumped ahead again. He's going to be befuddled I'm like gonna the foot in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to have her help me with that commercial. <laughs> and this is uh, Faith Amon. And Frecklefoot Creative is her business, frecklefootcreative.com. If you're a business out there and you don't think you are you got the right brand or you want to just maybe get some confirmation that you do, get a hold of her. That's frecklefootcreative.com, and her phone number is 352-871-0525. Real easy, 352-871-0525, Frecklefoot creative.com and you're right it does make you smile when you say it (laughs) just can't help it it's like a lay's potato chip you just can't eat one right man talk about going back anyway we got to take a break we'll be right back Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? I hope you're enjoying this show as much as Rich and I are. We have with us yeah, today. we always have a good time, don't we? We do indeed. Faith Amon, and she, of course, is the owner-operator of Frecklefoot Creative. And without prodding, you heard her say in the last segment that radio is still an avenue for some people oh to God. use to connect with their audience. No. What a segue. But this is, you know, you know, we talk about this every week. And people, you know, uh, I wish you folks would, uh, you know, take advantage of this because radio is affordable. You can target your audience. They can hear your actual voice or your actual message in whatever voice you want it to be in, even if you want it to be like from Star Wars or something. And the neat thing is right here at the Salem Media Group, they got four great stations. They got FM signals, too, to boot, and they can target that message, and they can help you produce a really great-sounding either show like this one here or a commercial. And uh, they are real easy to work with here. They've got a great station manager, one of the best in the business. His name is Bill Files, and uh, I've been working with Bill for four years now, over four years now. I think about five years now when he came to this station. Wow! And uh, he has opened many doors for me, and uh, he is—he's just great. And all of his staff here, Jeff Sinis, who produces this show, Pete Paquette, who's the programming director here, they will make sure that your show or your commercial is top-notch, professional, and uh, they'll make sure that you can get results with that. Bill's phone number is 407-618-1760. It really is easy. It really is affordable. 407-618-1760, and it really is fun. Yeah, and I uh, wish they'd stop bleeping me out so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) All right. Uh, Faith Amon, Frecklefoot Creative. 
Yes. So you got a great business going. You went to the breakfast series. I did. What happened? So tell us about it. Well, the breakfast series this morning was about social media. Okay. Which, of course, I do social media as well, but it's not one of my focuses. It's part of the extension of. Let's just take a little tangent here. Okay. Because, you know, and, Why not? and you know, and, and let, let me hawk radio a little bit more. Okay. Because hawk. a lot of people think that social media is the only way, that, mm. it, that it's the new thing, and that's the only way you should be focusing on to do your marketing. Right. And, and I think a lot of people are missing out when it comes to that. They're not considering traditional sources of marketing radio. that are still quite valid. Yeah. Very valid, sure. And again, it's it's all about where your public is and where the people are that you're trying to reach and then how best to tailor that message because sometimes more creative outlets or or different approaches will still reach your audience. The the one thing that actually is fading out is the phone book. You know, because nobody Isn't uses. It huh? Isn't it gone already? Oh, leave me alone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got one a few months ago. But you used to get a half a dozen. Yeah, of my goodness. But and that's the, gone. But, but the concept is not. In other words, yes. you just go to a different format to get what you would normally have gotten in the yellow pages. In the paper. Sure, right. sure. It, it, now it's Yelp or, or whatever, right? Right. Uh, well, so the breakfast series, actually, while their focus, it was talking about social media. In fact, it was talking about the legal aspect yeah. of social media. And by the way, media. this is put on by SCORE. This was put on by SCORE. That, right. And, and this, is, this series is now running twice a month or monthly? Uh, no, I twice a month. twice a month. Twice a month. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Every, every, every two weeks. It was so popular. And that they had to double up on yeah, it. Yeah. Really? And uh, it's popular because people are hearing about it on the radio. Yes. There okay. you go. And you can go to scoreorlando.org to sign up for the next one if you would like to go to it or see what's being offered. That's scoreorlando.org. You got the pamphlet there, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's called, it's called Coffee with a Leader. And let's see, here in, let's see, in the July. 27th, I yeah, think in July, you, you got... Uh, Let's see, you had uh, How Leaders Influence and Inspire. That one's just passed. Uh, well, I'm sorry, that was in June. Oh, I see. Here you go. Uh, social media marketing. Uh, that was the one you were recently here. No, the one no. I went to was Keeping It Legal. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. All right. And then they've got one, Starting and Managing Your Social Media That's Program. Mm-hmm. All right. They've got Labor Law. That's a good one if you have employees. And service business implementation. And these are coming up here later in July and in August. And this series has events scheduled uh, all the way through December the 6th. Yeah. These events. And they're different. They're not all the same. These events are not necessarily put on by SCORE volunteers. Like these are lawyers, for instance, that come in. Right. And for volunteer like, for like their labor time. law or right. something like Correct. that. Yeah, these are experts in these fields. Right. Once again, you're getting it from the horse's mouth, so <laughs> to speak. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. At, at SCORE, the mentors are people who have been down that road, as we said before. And these, whatever the seminar is or the event, it is being presented by a professional. Right. Th- right. These are not just folks, you know, not, not to demean anybody, but these are people who know what they're doing. Yep. And this event got the arrows. Exactly. This <laughs> event you need to register for that. It, it, it occurs at eight o'clock in the morning, eight to nine thirty. And it's uh, on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. There's a couple of Thursdays in there, but it's mostly on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And once again, you go to scoreorlando.org to sign up for that. And you really do need to sign up. 
so that they have uh, you materials. Know, materials that they'll well, be handing Well, and coffee. Out. There's got to be enough coffee. There's got to be enough of that. Oh, too. very good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you were there at the the social media one. And the, it was social media marketing. And you and said there was about was 40, a, 40 or more people there. There was definitely at least 45 people there. A full yeah. house. Okay. And the it was a lawyer. His name was Michael Simani. Okay. I'm not sure right. if I'm presenting or if I'm saying it correctly, but he was talking about the legal aspects of social media, which to me, I, I almost want to go back to law school or go to law school rather after being part of the conversation because it was riveting to me because the it's such a wild west I was going to say, it would seem like when it comes to the social media, there are no legal... It is. <laughs> no, really? It's fascinating. And so, in fact, there are, uh, they, whether they, or not it's being monitored very well, or, a different you know, story. imagine the yeah. FTC or all the different organizations because who would be in charge the social can't media, keep up. Any media source is still responsible for copyright laws, for trademarking content. laws, for content, royalties, yep. all that sort right. of thing. It, it, it's not just because you go on Facebook, you can use anybody's stuff. And, exactly. Right. Well, and, but, and but, shockingly, like, I mean, from what I deal with regularly and what other small businesses have to remember is that just because you can, like, simple things that I think is sim- are simple, but if if nobody's told that they'll told you, you don't know. So it seems yeah. like you can just take images off the internet, yeah. right? The boundaries are being picture. ignored. And, and, and the up. boundaries. And, and then you can put it on your Facebook page or put it on yep. your website yep. when in fact yep. you just can't do that. You That's know, right. and and if if small businesses aren't getting that information when they're starting and they're trying to use social media and they're not getting well instructed on how yep. to do it, they'll make those mistakes. And I'll tell you that Getty Images and some of the other stock imaging companies are they have whole departments that all they do is they scan the internet looking for pictures that are used without the permission, permission yeah. and they're suing. Really? And uh, unlike some people that you might have heard of in the media recently, uh, ignorance is no excuse. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And you know, there's intent, a whole... Intent has no bearing in this sort of thing, right? Yeah. There is a whole fascinating part to that is simply customer testimonials. Like you think you're using a customer testimonial and you think you can just, you know, use people's names or likenesses and things like that. And you you can't. Yeah. You need you, to have permission. Permission, right. And that also lends itself to the idea of giving your product to a celebrity and asking them to endorse review it, it for you, right? Or, yep. do, or endorse it. So yep. there's there's all these very fine lines of how that yeah. stuff is supposed to work. And and truly, even if Kim Kardashian is being you know, paid $10,000 to tweet about your product, she is supposed to put a disclaimer on there that she was either paid or the product was given to her right. for huh. her to endorse it. Right. I see. So you learned it's all of this. So fascinating. You were introduced <laughs> to all of this at that one, one Just, and a half hour meeting. That's it. Yeah. In okay, fact, well, see, I, wanna... I kept asking questions and I had to stop myself because I was kind of taking over. <laughs> really? I can't imagine that. <laughs> um, so, but that, but that's, you know, this is what's out there for you folks. 
And was there a charge for it? It was absolutely free. There you go. And the coffee and danishes. The big F word. There yeah. is. We yeah. haven't said that very yeah. often yeah. here today. Yeah, the, the, the mentorship program at SCORE is free. Yeah. The, the coffee, the, the series is free. Yeah. yeah. Now, they do have other seminars that they present uh, that uh, have a, a minor charge on them. You're talking about, I think, the 30, 30, bucks. 30 bucks. I mean, yeah. and the, the information and the knowledge that you will come away with. Uh, believe me, is well worth the 30 bucks many times over. And so, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I can give a small example because I have a recent client Mm -hmm. who uh, just started a sauce company. Her company is called Sweet Babs. And I helped to to brand her and I helped to create the labels for her sauce. And all that's all well and good, but I don't have experience in the food industry to help her take that business to the next level. So I sent her to score and she said, not only was the help that she found within the organization, super helpful, but the resources online yeah, helped her as well. The temp, the templates that right. were there for her mm-hmm. business. Right. Um, right. Yes. All that stuff. So there's so many resources available there. I, I send my clients to score. Okay. Yeah. I got to know where uh-huh. did you get the idea for these business cards? They're so odd. The, the size? Yeah. Well, so the the company, Moo, who creates them, offers them in this size and in full size. I did not so know that. that. Once again, the whole idea is that it's different. It's unique. Yes. Yep. Right? Yes. And it makes it stand out. Well, we're, almost, we're, we're almost out of time today. Uh, but once again, you can visit with Faith at her website, which is frecklefootcreative.com. If you need some help with a brand, Frecklefoot Creative is great place to start looking for it and if you'd like to call her her once again her phone number is 352-871-0525-352-871-0525 it's been fascinating talking to you are you going to go back to another one of the uh breakfast series indeed i'm gonna head back to the next social media one as well because they're talking about something else with related to social media okay and once again you can find out the whole lineup at scoreorlando.org. Yeah, and those uh, templates that she was talking about, you find at score.org. I wanted to thank you for the short notice and My being pleasure. available today. So thanks a lot, Freckled Foot. My pleasure. It's thank been you. a fascinating uh, experience uh, speaking with you, and I can't wait uh, till the book comes out. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, once again, uh, Faith Amon, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, her phone number again is 352-871-0525, frecklefootcreative.com. And don't forget, uh, not only can you find uh, the lineup for the breakfast series, the lineup for the seminars, but you can also find the lineup for all the score. And what's radio the score, shows. The, what's the score shows that we have done. Radio exactly. shows. That's right. You go to the scoreorlando.org website, and what do you look for when you get there? You look for the radio shows. Is that where they're tagged as? They're, they're yeah. tagged as? Yep. All There's right. pictures right there. All right. And you'll be able to hear this one over and over again, too. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week. So once again, thanks for tuning in to What's the Score? Yeah. See ya. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.